Welcome to The Hidden Workforce, a show about the positive impact people with different abilities bring to the workforce. Today's program brought to you by Rise Staffing and YouthWorks Pizza Factory. I can't wait to learn more about Down syndrome. Lisa, tell us what's up for us today. Today, we've got Virginia and her son, Chuck Baldridge. And back when Chuck was born 54 years ago, they didn't have tests and things like that for Down syndrome. So Virginia was told that her son was mongoloid and his life expectancy was about 12 years and all she could do is take him home and love him. I don't even know what the word or the term mongoloid means. It doesn't sound complimentary. No, it's not. It's not something we use anymore, but Virginia didn't even know what it meant, Daryl. And she had to go to the Tulsa library after hearing that news about her child and learn what it is. And it's basically, well, it's Down syndrome, which means that people are born with an extra chromosome 21. So it's a genetic thing, or I guess maybe this is what we're going to learn today. Yes, we are. Mostly we're going to learn about Chuck and his life, but the medical term is trisomy, extra chromosome 21, and um, it results in like a flattened face, almond-shaped eyes. They're a lot shorter in the neck and ears, and a lot of times people with Down syndrome will have their mouth open with their tongue out a little bit, small hands and feet, and the biggest problem is poor muscle tone. So the good news is Virginia and her family understood that Chuck could use strengthening and um, massaging and everything when he was young, although nobody told them to do it. I think Chuck is now 54 years old. He has definitely outlived that first life expectancy. So Down syndrome, I'm, I'm just so intrigued by it. And often, like with me, I'm just Joe Q public and I don't know how to respond or what what is appropriate in communicating with someone with Down syndrome, like where um, where to make that connection. So give me some tips well, on that. I mean, I'm not going to be, well, I might be a little bit rude here because people with Down syndrome are often very friendly and easy to talk to. And you probably know Corky, who was on that show. Yeah. And then um, the thing... Chuck is a movie a television star as well. He was on Dallas. And the thing that he was on Dallas for, JR's brother was going to have a baby and they were able to test and found out he had Down syndrome. They were thinking of having an abortion, but they went to a soccer game with a lot of kids who have Down syndrome and they met Chuck's character and changed their mind. So cool. I can't wait to hear the rest of this story and all about Chuck's life here after the news on The Hidden Workforce. It's a two-part show. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Hidden Workforce with your hosts, Lisa Toth, and her special guests, Virginia and Chuck Baldridge. Virginia shared some very valuable advice she was given when her son Chuck was born with Down syndrome. Take him home and love him. And so when I, we got home from the hospital, I went to the Tulsa Library to look up mongoloid, which is what he was called. And um, the only thing I could find was that there was one extra chromosome and nothing else. And so I just came home and I thought, all right, we're just going to raise him like we did our other two. And uh, his grandmother would massage his little legs just because she wanted to do that. And not knowing how important that was, it really did help to strengthen him. But he really, he was two and a half years old by the time he actually was walking. And uh, about four when he started saying his words. And um, 
the doctors actually had told us he may never walk or talk. So we proved him wrong with that. It just seems like everything we've done, there was no one before us. We kind of paved the way, so to speak. And now, thankfully, uh, there's a whole lot that's being offered to the children, to parents uh, who have children with Down syndrome. Sunnyside School when he was three years old? Yes. Um, and the way we knew about that, our, uh, his aunt, my husband's sister, worked over at the Children's Medical Center. And she called me one day and she said, I think that there are kids as young as Chuck who are attending the, uh, the Sunnyside School that was connected with the Children's Medical Center. So we took him over and enrolled him. He went um, one year or two years there, and um, it was a fun time for him. He really started learning at that time. By the time he was five, uh, there was a kindergarten class that opened up in the public schools in Tulsa, and uh, so we enrolled him in that and got a transfer from Sand Springs because Sand Springs had nothing to offer in the way of schooling. And he ended up going uh, to three different schools in Tulsa up through the sixth grade and um, had and wonderful they were not teachers. Integrated. They were all. They were trainable classes. They were self contained classes. Meaning? Well, it, they're kind of um, categorized in educable and trainable. And so they start out, of course, with trainable. And that's what he had uh, during those first six years was learning some um just some basics you know how to play with other kids and and potty train they actually potty training excellent at sunnyside school and um you know they would sing songs together and just have fun together he had wonderful teachers that he loved all the way through school and that was a real real blessing for us because they took a special interest in chuck and he loved them for it great then Sand Springs home. Yes. Um, Sand Springs, Charles Page, uh, the founder, had a child- has still a children's home. Uh, at that time, there were about 65 kids when my husband was hired as a superintendent. And even though we were in our 30s, I was considered as the uh, head matron and the purchasing agent. And so <laughs> We, uh, it was a great time while we were there, but we would eat our evening meals in the, in the big dining room where all the kids and all the staff, the matrons and, and all came to eat together. And so, you know, Chuck was sitting in the high chair at the time uh, until, he, until he grew, uh, but the kids had a great time with him. They carried him around. Once he started walking, he would start running off and they would get on their bikes and chase him all over the grounds <laughs> and try to get him back where he belonged. And so he, you know, that was a good time for him because he had a lot of support, not only with mom and dad, but with, uh, and sister and brother, but uh, the extended family, he has great aunts and uncles and cousins. And, but the 65 kids, you know, that just kept him pretty busy. So That's incredible. Mm-hmm. What an excellent experience not a lot of people have right um so then he went to Hissom college yes and the reason for that was he would have been going into uh, the junior high phase in the tulsa schools and everything that was offered was in tulsa 
and we'd run back and forth. And so at that time, his brother and sister had both gone off to college, and uh, he really was bored. He was kind of running around the neighborhood, you know, and we'd chase after him there. And <laughs> so um, I kept calling, Sand Springs, don't you have anything, anything for Chuck now? And that's when they told me that actually they supported the school system in uh, the Sand Springs schools. His son, teachers and school system was part of the St. Springs Public Schools and they had excellent teachers there. So I said, well, can I just take him during the daytime to school and bring him home? We lived about two miles from Hissom. No, because they have a total program teaching him all the daily living skills and, and independence and all this. So we went out and looked at it and uh, he saw the swimming pool and saw the grounds and everything, and he said, uh, I want to go home and get my bike, go back to college at Hissom. Oh, boy. Because his brother and sister were off to college, so he I wanted see. to go, too. So we did make that tough decision. So he went at 12 years old to college. Yes, yes. And Proud. The, he was the cool man on campus, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I quit crying, is when I heard what a cool guy he was. And so um, oh, we were able to bring him home on weekends and uh, holidays and summer and vacations and all. So in the long run, we felt like he had the best of two worlds. He had his home and family and support, and yet he had good training uh, while he was there. And you were very close by? We were close and by. And everything was fine for Chuck while he lived at Hissom? Yes. And I was, of course, a part of the... Um, the parents association and uh, was even their editor for the newsletter while I was there. Mm -hmm. And so I was familiar, you know, with most everything that was going on. And uh, Chuck being, I guess, more capable than so many of the others, um, he got along fine. I see. He got along fine. And he did love his school. After he actually graduated from his um, school, they used him as a teacher's aide there. Wonderful. They didn't want to give him up. <laughs> I know several people who um, moved out of Hism but really loved it and considered it their home. Having known all of the negative things that happened at Hism, I'm super excited to hear that Chuck enjoyed it so well, he even went back to work there after he graduated. Chuck, that's a super success story. Listeners, hang on, because we'll be right back after the break with our second part of this wonderful interview with Chuck and Virginia Baldridge. Are you looking for employment but intellectual or physical challenges have made that goal hard to achieve? Perhaps you need a second chance to overcome your past difficulties. Rise Staffing is here to help you unlock your potential for success. We specialize in helping differently abled people find employment and currently have a variety of interesting opportunities available. Don't delay. Call Rise Staffing today at 918-576-7519 and let us help you find the job that's right for you. Welcome back, listeners, to part two of Virginia and Chuck Baldridge's wonderful interview here on The Hidden Workforce. Virginia, I understand you've got a television star at home. 
That's an interesting story. He would stay with his grandmother on Friday nights, and they would watch Dallas together. And J.R. Ewing was a pretty handsome guy and was in control of everything he did. And so Chuck became very infatuated with him, and he decided he wanted to meet J.R. And so I said, well, Chuck, I don't believe we can do that. He's really not in Dallas. He lives in California. We can't go. One Friday, it's one Saturday morning, he came in. He said, I want to go to California. And I said, why is that? And he said, J.R. <laughs> took a helicopter to go to California. And I want to go to California and meet J.R. <laughs> so all this to say, uh, that went on for quite a while. And uh, I noticed that the lady that played music for KBEZ was always talking about the Dallas people and where they were and what they were doing and playing the theme song and all. So I wrote her a letter, actually, and told her about Chuck and how persistent he was in really wanting to meet J.R. Maybe if he came through this way sometime, could we meet him at the airport and just say hello? She took that letter to Channel 6 manager, and they took it and sent it to Dallas, and Larry Hagman actually read the letter, and he said, bring him on. I want to meet him. Holy So mackerel. they sent uh, us uh, on the airplane uh, and was met by the publicist, drove over to where they were doing their scene, and Chuck actually didn't recognize him at first because he had Larry Hagman had just become a new grandfather, and he'd come in in all of his Malibu clothes. Oh, and kind of like cowboyed out, huh? And Chuck looked at him and he said, uh, JR, JR. And he said, Wait just a minute, Chuck. I'll be back and I'll have all my JR clothes. So when he came back, we watched the scene. Chuck sat in the director chair and his dad was standing up talking to the director all during that time. And so when they finished with their scene, he said, Come on, Chuck, let's get a picture made. So they did. And then Chuck, knowing that it was about to end, he looked up at him and he said, "Jr. Larry Hagman, would you come to my house for a cup of coffee? Oh, my gosh. And he said, if I ever come to Tulsa, Chuck, I will come to your house for a cup of coffee. Well, a week later, we get to this phone call and they say, you better sit down. We just heard from Holy Dallas. Holy mackerel. I said, is Larry Hagman coming to my house for a cup of coffee? <laughs> no, better than that. They want him to come and be on an episode. And the bottom line was they wanted him to uh, be a part of a soccer team that actually was a real uh, soccer team from Dallas uh, with special needs kids. But um, there were a couple. It was Donna and Ray, anyone mm -hmm. that remembers I Dallas. I watched it, and I remember, Chuck, okay. I can see the photos here in the studio, and I'm like clear as a bell loving that he was on that show and I didn't even know I would get to meet him in real life. I can't believe it. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> well, anyway, then you know that Donna was expecting a baby and they had decided that it would be a Downs baby and they were really contemplating the abortion. A pediatrician advised them to go to this ball field and meet some of the kids and then make the decision. So they used Chuck to come in and go to Ray and retrieve a ball. He looks up at Ray and he says, thanks, Ray, with those really cool eyes. Oh, And Chuck. they pat each other on the shoulder. And so that melted Ray's heart, and they decided they were not going to abort. 
uh, Donna really didn't want to. It was mostly Ray that was mm-hmm. worried and scared, scared of what might be. What a brave topic to be discussing, you know, on nighttime television on a soap opera at night. Right, right. I think we, they said we were the first ones that they had uh, with a disability that they had uh, had on their, their show. Wow. And typically, Again, actually, it was uh, really important to me because I had always thought, I am so glad I did not have to make that decision. You know, the tests that they have now available were not available then. So it was right. just take him home and love him. So I'm really glad that that was what we were a part of. Well, I can't remember, Virginia, how many years I've known you, but that statement, take him home and love him, is as true as any I've ever heard and felt mm-hmm. from a parent. Mm-hmm. From my heart, I know this. And you guys, and you and your husband and Chuck and your whole family are just great and very dear to us at Rise Staffing. Thank you. Thank you so much. The pandemic, I have to say, really messed him up. He was home for 10 weeks, and uh, everything that he was used to doing was shut down, and he just didn't really revive it. I think a lot of that might be because of his age. They're saying that the average lifespan for a person with Downs is 55, and he is 53. I've also heard so many of our young people do Uh, develop um, symptoms of Alzheimer's as they age. And uh, I regret to say we are beginning to see some of that coming along, uh, both mentally and physically. We've seen some decline. And so he isn't working. Uh, We're at home and we're just kind of taking it one day at a time, trying to keep him involved as much as we can. Uh, Do you think that we could hear from Chuck? I would hope so. Yeah, I talk about Aunt Dallas, and I said, I said, oh, you get my house with the coffee? <laughs> I said, sure. Then you met Donna and Ray. Donna, Donna Ray. <laughs> and you're, you're a television star? You're yeah. You're a disc jockey? Do you play music at dances and things? With your sound system? Yeah. Yeah, I did. You are an awesome rocker. <laughs> yeah, I did. Na 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 Again, I am just grateful, Chuck, that you have come to visit us. Do you remember playing soccer on the Dallas television program? Uh, yes. Did you really play soccer, or were you just pretending? I played soccer. Right on. I knew you did. (laughs) You're a superstar. Thank you. Hey, listen, do you want to tell my listeners anything else? I did. I did. Ah, I capped a head. Well, there you have it, folks. Chuck Baldridge, our very own Captain Hook. Many thanks, Chuck and Virginia, for being on The Hidden Workforce. You've been listening to The Hidden Workforce with your hosts, Lisa Toth, and her special guests, Virginia and Chuck Baldridge. Tune in again next week at this time for more stories from The Hidden Workforce.